Good morning, my name is Umberto Mucci. This is with Italian News, a podcast regarding Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Wednesday, September 23. Autumn has begun, the last season that hadn't seen this COVID-19 nightmare. Uh, it was winter when it began in Italy. At the beginning, Italy was in the lead for the number of infections and deaths for COVID. It was then that the series of videos began. Today we are in 20th place in the world in terms of number of infections and 6th in terms of number of deaths. We have exceeded the threshold of 300,000 infections since the beginning. We grew by 50,000 cases in just the last 45 days, while to grow by 50,000 cases in the months of the acute phase of the pandemic, and in particular between April 28 and August 8, it took 102 days. The reason, however, lies mainly in the increase in the number of swabs and in the fact that they are made known better where there could be outbreaks. They are much more targeted uh, today. The positive data is certainly found in the number of people admitted to intensive care, which is not growing exponentially despite the growing curve. We currently have uh, 2,604 hospitalized patients, or 9% of the peak value, reached on April 4. The total number of patients in intensive care units is 239, equal to 5.9% of the peak value reached on April 3. On average, we had 15 deaths per day in Italy in the last seven days and 10 in the previous seven days. I'm going to try to briefly summarize the results of the, <coughs> the results of the regional elections and referendum that saw many Italians, more than what is expected, vote on Sunday and Monday. Of the six regions where we voted, uh, three went to the left and three to the right. Certainly had a strong role what we can call COVID effect, with the four incumbent presidents all re-elected after several years in which we had seen the opposite trend. Voters have rewarded how the regions managed the virus emergency. In the referendum, 70% of Italians voted yes to confirm the cut in the number of parliamentarians. The yes were much more numerous in the south than in the center and north of Italy. In large cities, the central richer districts voted no, the poorer suburbs voted yes. Among graduates, 55% voted yes and 45% voted no. Among young people, 50.5% voted yes, 49.5% voted no. Uh, there is, however, a number relating to these elections that well describes how far we still have to go in Italy from one fundamental point of view, and I'm very ashamed of this. Among the six presidents elected in the regions, the six mayors elected in the first round, and the 18 candidates for mayor who will go to the second round in the provincial capitals, out of 30 people, there is only one woman who runs for mayor in Andrea in Puglia. All the others are men, 30 against 1. The Italians in the United States also voted in the referendum. A quarter of those entitled to vote did, and almost 80% of them voted yes. The members of the Italian parliament elected abroad from the next legislature will be 12 instead of the current 18. 8 in the House instead of the current 12, and 4 in the Senate, now there are 6. Now it will be necessary to redesign the, the constituencies. There is still no certainty, but probably for America, it would probably mean merging North and Central America, which were already in a single constituency, with South America, where many more Italians live than in North America. The result is that the Italians living in the United States will be probably much less represented than before. Schools have been restarted for about 10 days in Italy, and according to first estimates, positive cases have been found in 300 schools all over the country. 
However, official data will be needed to get a more concrete idea, even if plans to collect and produce them have not yet been announced by the government. In the rest of Europe, schools have reopened almost everywhere and with precautions similar to ours, even if several countries do not suspend lessons for classes where a positive case is found, as it happens in Italy. Italy is also the only European country to experience real competition on rail transport services. No other country, in no other country in Europe are there two companies everywhere there is a monopoly. Now Spain has decided to open the competition and one of the compet competitors that won the tender is Trenitalia, the company of the Ferrovia dello Stato Italiano Group. However, competition in Italy is at risk because if the Covid regulations governing how to travel by train remain as they are now, there is a risk that Trenitalia's high-speed competitor, Italo, will close within two months. The problem is given by the limit on the capacity for high-speed trains imposed by the anti-Covid regulation, which limits the number of seats to 50%, while all non-high-speed local public transport, which is a monopoly of Trenitalia and is subsidized by the state, is allowed to reach 80%. Italo's income, which is entirely private, only comes from the sale of tickets. Hopefully the norm will also bring the capacity of high-speed trains to 80%. We absolutely cannot afford to lose the competition. It's all for now, it's all for today. Please stay safe and stay healthy. This was With Italian News. My name is Umberto Mucci. I'll see you on Friday. Ciao from Rome.